Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us as we kick off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend, and we're ready to go with this week, and we're going to find out what the weather's going to be like. We've got farmers trying to get harvest done. Uh, we'll talk with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson here in a bit for the forecast. Also talk a little bit about El Nino and what that could mean. Speaking of farmers back in the fields, Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau back in the fields, and uh, we'll get a harvest update from him a little bit later on. We're going to talk soybean issues, trade issues in particular, with Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association, a little bit later on in today's program as well. But right now, we kick things off with Spencer Chase from AgriPulse Communications. Spencer, how are you? I tell you what, I'm doing all right, Mike. Uh, it's feeling a little bit less like a swamp and more like fall in our nation's capital. And uh, for, for a big guy like me, that's, uh, that's, that's just fine. Yeah, a little cooler weather. And um, are things going to pick up any this week in Washington, or everybody's still out on the campaign trail? Still on the campaign trail uh, this week. Uh, not expecting uh, much in terms of activity, uh, but... Uh, do do expect you know, some behind the scenes negotiations to continue uh, what uh, what will come out of those negotiations obviously remains to be seen but uh, it's interesting to see president trump kind of making his way around the country uh, hitting the campaign trail he's in uh, he's in houston today to speak on behalf of uh, senator ted cruz who's in a bit of a re-election battle down in texas and so uh, the president is kind of making his presence known on the campaign trail as are uh, a number of lawmakers uh, we saw mike conaway was in uh, iowa here this last week at the world food prize and so a number of a uh, number of folks going around uh, trying to shape what the next congress is going to look like Yes, the president, as he is wont to do, uh, really be, uh, jumps into a situation, becomes the story, and he did that in California. Water's a big issue there, uh, and his position on some water issues could impact the uh, the election there. Right, and it's important to keep in mind, uh, I mean, very nearly after the election, uh, there was, uh, the 2016 election, there were some California Republicans that uh, the Democratic Party kind of drew a target on the back of and really thought that those are some seats that we can claim. And so uh, if, you're, if you're a Democrat, you know, this might be a little bit, uh, little bit of a tough pill to swallow, but uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is there's still some time before the election, and, uh, the, I mean, you've got folks like Jeff Denham and David Valadeo who are in very, you know, pretty tough dif- districts for Republicans to hold. And so this is obviously a boost to them. I mean, it was a policy that they were uh, they were supportive of, and uh, now they've got a chance to maybe sell that a little bit on a pretty tough, pretty contentious issue in California. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. The, the elections overall are just going to be very, very interesting, and certainly will impact where we, how we move forward on issues like, say, even the farm bill, uh, but a lot of other important issues as well. What are you hearing on the farm bill? I mean. You know, there, there's talk of they'll get it done after the elections in the lame duck. But well, lame duck sessions are hard to call, especially if there's a big change uh, uh, in the elections and uh, different people are looking at the, taking uh, control and being in power. So that always makes it a kind of a, you know, uh, a situation that's always hard to predict what will happen in a lame duck. Right. I think it's important to consider Right now, all four principals at the negotiating table are saying publicly that they want to pass not an extension but a new farm bill in the lame duck session. And so the fact that, that's this, their, that this is their negotiating posture at this point 
you know, it's, it's something to make note of. Could that change after the election? Should uh, perhaps Democrats take the House and maybe Republicans hold on to their lead in the Senate, which is what a lot of folks think will happen at this point? You know, that, that could potentially change some of, the, some of the negotiating positions, maybe not necessarily of the four principles, but maybe of some of those swing voters that they're going to have to get in order to bring a farm bill across the House floor. Uh, keep in mind, a lot of Democrats uh, were, you know, I guess every Democrat uh, stood opposed to the nutrition reforms that uh, House Republicans put in their farm bill. And so what a farm bill is ultimately going to have to look like in order to uh, pick up the Democratic votes that they're going to lose when they, uh, if and when they do end up pulling some of those uh, nutrition provisions out of the House farm bill, it's going to have to, the bill is going to have to moderate a decent amount in order to pick up the amount of Democrats that they're going to have to to get a majority vote in the House. And when they do that, what happens to the Senate vote, which was, you know, it was a landslide that the Farm Bill passed the Senate. But do they perhaps lose a few of the more liberal Democrats by, uh, you know, adding some provisions that, in order, that enabled the bill to pass in the House? It's, it's really interesting calculus at play right now. I think the longer it goes, it seems like the more problems they pick up rather than getting closer to, to resolution. Now you got this big squabble over who's getting uh, payments and, uh, uh, you know, are, is too much going to cotton growers? Is Chairman Conway protecting just, uh, you know, his people down there and he's getting criticized for that? I know it seems like there are more arguments rather than fewer as we go along here. Well, and this is something that, that I've seen in my time covering farm policy. I'm sure you've seen it in yours. Agriculture is one of the best industries in the country at setting up circular firing squads. I mean, <laughs> there's just so many folks that have to make their opinions known and make sure that, uh, that uh, the public is aware that, you know, by gosh, they're the one that's doing this right, and it's, and it's this other guy that's, that's really causing the problem. Uh, in reality, there's still no farm bill right now. And that, uh, that really isn't going to change until, you know, the, the four principles get back together after the election. And so what the, uh, what the election makeup uh, looks like after then, I mean, that's really going to shape what this, uh, what this bill ends up looking like. And obviously you mentioned uh, things like payments. I mean, they've really only come to an agreement on just a couple of titles. And some of the most controversial ones are the ones that they still have to finalize, things like the commodity title, the conservation title, the nutrition title. That's what's really up in the air at this point. And to, to underscore the importance of getting something done, net farm income near 15-year lows this year, and the latest forecast from USDA's Economic Research Service uh, predicting farm income could drop even lower next year. So that puts even more pressure to get something done on this farm bill. Right. I mean, nobody is making the argument that things are easy in farm country right now. I think that was something that really kind of hampered negotiators last time around because they were trying to negotiate a farm bill when corn was, you know, $6 and soybeans were looking, you know, pretty, pretty similarly high priced. And so there was this argument that, you know, the, the farm safety net is just not needed anymore because look at how great these prices are. Well, now the, there's this kind of the opposite argument that there's this almost a level of urgency to need to get the farm bill done, which does put some people in maybe a little bit more powerful negotiating perspective because they know that this is a bill that needs to get done. So what can they do to, to leverage their position on that? I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure, probably something that not a lot of farmers across the country are going to want to hear. But, you know, this is, this is Washington. This is Congress. It's, it's politics, and politics are going to have to play a role here. Yep, and we're also watching... Uh... Uh, real quick, we're watching what happens with EPA and how this plays out on the E15 rule change to allow summer sales. And it looks like it may it may not get done as soon as a lot of people would like to see it get done. The question is, will it be done by June 1st? 
Right, and we saw in the uh, the administration's regulatory agenda come out uh, last uh, last week that they're potentially looking at having that uh, all done and finalized by May, which would technically you know be be enough lead time for the actual fuel to be sold. But whether or not that's enough time for these stations to set up the infrastructure they're going to need, if they're going to take the, the administration signal as kind of a sign of good faith and can start the infrastructure now, uh, that's you know that that could be a bit of a risk on their part, but. Uh, you know, as, as we sit here and talking to you right now, we still don't have the regulation from EPA that's going to be necessary to make that happen. And uh, it's kind of a guessing game at this point as to when that's actually going to be published. Right. Looking at cutting it pretty close there and uh, makes you wonder if it can get if they'll get it done in time for next summer's driving season. We will see. Always good to talk with you. Thanks, Spencer. Thank you, Mike. Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications. Up next, complete look at the weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, Immigration Reform, Reducing Regulations, Trade, New Technology, as well as Infrastructure and Health Care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio, you're busy. Which is great, because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test, because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly. But we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, 
the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. information america's farmers and ranchers need to know adams on agriculture now back to mike adams all right let's talk weather with etm meteorologist bryce anderson bryce uh, fall has kind of a wintry feel to it in many parts of the country well it's a little cool mike uh, i'm not ready to completely go bone chilling yet though uh we had our round of uh, snow last week and uh, conditions right now are on the cool side but it still is pretty dry and considering how difficult things were to get um, harvest going uh, over the last uh, couple weeks uh, we've had a favorable stretch of some drier conditions and I think that uh, there's going to be quite a little progress noted when we get the reports out this afternoon. Combines be able to roll for the most part this week? It's going to be kind of mixed. Uh, the first of the week is certainly on the drier side, and that's going to be favorable. Now, when we get into the middle part of the week, uh, probably starting Tuesday night and then into Wednesday and uh, possibly on Thursday as well, uh, there will be several uh, showers that work across primarily the northern part of the Midwest. And we could see rainfall totals in the, in the uh, range of uh, anywhere from about 30 hundredths of an inch to possibly up to a half an inch. So that is going to cause some interruptions. And I know ahead of that that uh, there's a lot of work that's going on. And, um, you know, uh, combines and, and uh, grain handling equipment, trucks and uh, grain carts and so forth have got all sorts of uh, lighting capability. And they are going to be using the lights well into the night, uh, the way things are shaping up. Some big wind this weekend. Yeah, there was some, uh, especially in parts of the eastern Corn Belt. Uh, the the uh, impact of that, I think, is, uh, is going to be uh, seen as uh, being localized. And, you know, we've had uh, several areas of, uh, of wind damage and uh, impact in uh, quite a few areas of the Midwest this week. I think the uh, biggest feature is that it uh, just uh, causes harvest to, uh, you know, to kind of be interrupted with uh, a lot of one-way type of uh, traffic that has to go on with the combines. And, uh, you know, we do get the harvest taken care of, uh, but it is uh, a little bit on the uh, slower side when it's all said and done. Talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, Bryce, uh, what is uh, what's going on El Nino watch? Where are we with El Nino? Well, the uh, the watch is still on. The water temperatures in the in the Pacific are warming. Now, this uh, is leading to a little bit of a discrepancy when it comes to wintertime prospects because the uh, U.S. Climate Prediction Center, uh, the branch of uh, the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is uh, calling for a definite El Nino influence during the winter season, uh, calling for temperatures to be overall uh, quite uh, quite mild, above average, and precipitation to focus over the southern tier of states. Now, 
that is not necessarily shared by all agencies and even in uh, our DTN official uh, winter forecast, uh, that's not a part of things because um, our forecast has a, a pretty strong likelihood for a colder winter over much of the northern and central parts of the country and for a, a number of rounds of uh, snowfall to take place over the uh, central and the north-central part of the U.S., so the uh, evolution of El Nino is going to be a real interesting feature to keep track of because if the, if the uh, water temperatures and all of that in the Pacific continue to be just sort of a, a middling to weak affair, then the forecast that we have along with the European Weather Community and the United Kingdom Meteorological Agency, that would pan out. If El Nino continues to, uh, to develop and uh, actually sets in, with a real identifiable trend, uh, then the uh, NOAA outlook could be uh, the one that actually verifies. And to be honest, right now it is really just about a, a 50-50 proposition for either one of those to take place. Uh, so that's where we are as we uh, get into late October. Because not only are we looking to wrap up harvest this year, but already looking to next year, and we've seen some big improvements on that drought monitor map where it was so dry, and uh, so we've picked up a lot here at the end of the year. Looking ahead to next year would seemingly set us up to be in a little better shape. Well, I think it does, and and uh, one of the things that uh, is real key, uh, at least to uh, get things underway for uh, crops in the uh, next crop year, for row crops is uh, what kind of moisture do you have to uh, get the crop up and going uh, to get seeds germinated and so forth. And there certainly has been a, a real big improvement, even in uh, the southwestern part of the Corn Belt in uh, eastern Kansas and northern Missouri. There's been a, uh, a notable amount of drought easing. Now, a lot of that has come with uh, some very heavy flooding rains. We know that. But the soil moisture supply has certainly improved. The only areas of the central U.S. now with a, a real uh, a drier trend are in the uh, northern part of North Dakota, northern Minnesota, and then over into Montana. All right. Take us around the globe. What do you see uh, in some of the key uh, ag-producing areas of the world? Well, Brazil uh, still has a real uh, favorable soil moisture situation, Mike. The um, rainfall prospects are still looking good for this week. There could be even some locally heavy rains in parts of south-central Brazil that maybe lead to an interruption in uh, additional soybean planting. But uh, the soybean planting uh, progress is on the order of about 34% for Brazil. And this is well ahead of average, and I believe that uh, it is a record pace for the Brazil soybean planting since they started doing uh, that uh, type of comparison. And in Argentina, there have been enough showers going on that uh, they've got a pretty good uh, round of moisture to think about when their key soybean planting uh, gets uh, going here into uh, November. As far as uh, Australia is concerned, uh, they're starting to harvest wheat in Western Australia, and the uh, first round of yields have been pretty decent. They maybe haven't been a record, but they've been uh, fairly, you know, fairly uh, workable, and, and certainly pretty much on average, Eastern Australia is still quite dry. And um, the uh, Northern Europe uh, wheat areas, and then kind of extending into parts of Western Russia, are still looking a little bit on the dry side, and there's some question about 
what kind of moisture they're going to have for the winter grains and then the winter oilseed canola crop that they have over in northern Europe. So there could be a, a little bit of concern for that crop as uh, we go farther into the uh, end of this year. All right. What do you see in November temperatures for here in the U.S.? I mean, uh... Over the weekend here in Illinois, we were in the upper 20s, kind of got our attention a little bit. Do you see things moderating temperature-wise in uh, in November? Oh, I think they are. And uh, for, for uh, you know, just about most areas uh, as we go through November, I think that we're going to see temperatures that are going to be generally above normal. And it's uh, not out of the question that a cold snap would be followed by a milder uh, pattern uh, even uh, from October into November. So that uh, certainly has happened before, and I think we are quite likely to see November rebound and and have a uh, notably uh, above-normal temperature track for most of the Midwest. Yeah, I often say this anymore, uh, living in Illinois, I'm more apt to be still mowing my yard on Thanksgiving than I am to be mowing it on Easter anymore. Well, that is the way the pattern has been with the uh, fall seasons uh, hanging on farther and then the uh, the spring being a little bit uh, difficult to actually get started. I mean, uh, I think what we've seen more in the springtime than anything is is a, uh, a round of very mild conditions and then a real harsh cold snap that just sort of uh, puts everything on, on hold for the uh, balance of the spring season until – uh, we get farther into, say, the month of May to start things up. And, of course, this past April was quite cold over uh, just about all the northern and central parts of the country. Yeah, I realize every year is different, uh, but uh, we have a kind of more and more emphasis on early planting. That seems to be more and more difficult with the, some of these patterns, but yet we seem to gain a little more on the other end of the season. Yeah, we do. And and uh, we, we saw that, obviously, uh, with the uh, fact that, that the uh, – Hard freezes uh, pretty well held off until at least middle October, middle part of October. Um, there were some occurrences in early October in the northwestern plains, but uh, other than that, it's uh, been pretty hard to uh, come up with a real cold trend until we got well into the month of October. All right, Bryce, good to talk with you again. Take care. Thank you, Mike. You as well. All right, DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. So, um as he said, chance for more harvest uh, here early in the week, but uh, some wet weather moving in mid to later week. We'll talk about that a little bit later on with someone, a farmer in Minnesota trying to get harvest done. We'll talk with Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau, a little bit later on in the program. But coming up next, Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. We'll talk about harvest. We'll talk about trade issues, some storage challenges, and much, much more. All things soybeans coming up next with Ryan Finley from the American Soybean Association. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture.
Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. It's time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Corn and soybean futures are inching higher on Monday as the markets try to find a little bit of footing after 11 days of losses, linked in part to improving harvest weather and export setbacks. Wheat in Chicago, easier as traders continue to wait for any signs of U.S. supplies taking export demand away from the Black Sea region. Traders are awaiting harvest progress numbers from USDA later Monday afternoon. It looks like the weather forecast will allow producers to pick up the harvest pace across the central U.S. this week with dry weather expected across the Midwest through Wednesday. Longer range, there's said to be some questions whether or not a drier pattern will continue. The Ag Department last week said private exporters canceled sales of 180,000 tons of U.S. soybeans to China as the two nations remain locked in a trade war. Soybean futures, an hour into Monday's session, five to six cents higher on the charts. The 20-day moving average serving as resistance at 861 and three quarters. We're hovering near that level on a Monday. December corn extended lower on Friday, two to three and a fraction higher on a Monday, the October 15th high at 378 and a half, now serving as resistance. For the wheats, two and a fraction lower in Chicago wheat, three lower Kansas City, penny and a fraction higher, though, in Minneapolis spring wheat. Livestock at the Merck, live cattle futures, October up 65 at 112.90, feeder cattle 85 to $2.12 higher, lean hogs trending a $1.22 to $1.37 higher. The Dow down 123 points. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. 
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, for many farmers, getting the, those soybeans harvested this year is a challenge. Even a bigger challenge is uh, finding a home for them with uh, some of the trade issues going on. Let's talk about that with Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. Ryan, good to talk with you. Good morning. Good to talk with you as well. So uh, what are you hearing from uh, your members around the country? Probably a mixed bag on harvest, right? Yes, it is a mixed bag. Hopefully this week with the weather that we're looking at facing across the Midwest, we're going to see harvest pick up and we're going to be able to get some acres out of the field and into the bins right now. Unfortunately, there is growing frustration about where farmers are able to take those beans. Yeah, a lot of challenges. We're seeing bags out in fields, and uh, we, storage is tight, and we're wondering uh, where we're going to sell the sell this crop. Uh, are you seeing any signs of uh, light at the end of the tunnel on uh, this uh, issue with China at all? I wish we had better news. Unfortunately, this one seems to be going the other way and, and tightening up, and, and it looks like it could have a longer tail on it than everybody was expecting in the beginning. So. You know, the good news is other trade agreements are moving with the NAFTA 2.0 or USM, uh, U.S., Mexico, Canada, a trade agreement that was negotiated a couple of weeks ago, announcements on moving forward with China. Uh, hopefully we, we can move forward with the U.K. And, and EU. But all of those are really secondary markets to the number one market, which is China, and that does not appear to show any signs of negotiations, which – we need, to, we need to sit down and actually negotiate with them if we're ever going to open that market back up. And right now, that does not appear to be happening. And so we're seeing, and, and I'm sure farmers are hearing about it everywhere they go, but we're seeing from the farmers that we talk to a tightening at the, at the, um, the elevators when they're delivering this uh, to discount schedules. And um, if your moisture at a certain level can't deliver and and there's some real challenges with farmers saying, boy, where do I where do I take these beans right now? I mean, it's kind of that perfect storm. We had, came into the year with more soybean acres in many places, outstanding, maybe even record soybean yields for some. And then we basically lose our number one soybean customer. That's not a good uh, scenario. No, it's not. But I tell you, it's interesting because farmers did exactly what they should have done, and that is respond to the market. And the market said, we need more soybeans. The demand was there. There was a lot of of capacity that people were saying we need to grow into. And so all the signals and all the signs were there for farmers to plant acres, and that's exactly what they did. And the American farmer is amazing at what they do, and they produced one heck of a crop this year. And everything was lined up to be to be really good, to be able to deliver that, to have a decent price. And, and then we developed this trade war with China, unfortunately. And so now we're in this situation where we're trying to figure out, well, what do we do to restore the Chinese market? How do we rebalance our market portfolio? Where else can we go? And farmers are faced with the immediate decision of, what do I do with my crop right now? And that is really tough. Yeah, it's it's one of the great risks of farming, right? I mean, you follow the signals. As you said, the signals were to go more soybeans. They did. They responded. And then things changed in the midst, uh, you know, in midstream. And you can't turn yeah. it around once you've once you've started down that path. It doesn't turn that quickly on a production side. So then you get caught. That's right. That's right. Unfortunately, commodity, 
this is the the life of a commodity farmer and um, you know it's not it's not a farmer's fault right now and that's what's really frustrating about all of it talking with the CEO of the American Soybean Association Ryan Finley Ryan um, what are you picking up on the farm bill looks like uh, you know there's still some talks going on but it's going to be after the elections uh, how hopeful or optimistic are you that they get it done before the end of the year well I'll adopt the farmer mindset and say we're very optimistic that we can get it done it, it's at a crawl. Negotiations are at a crawl right now. I, I think everybody is waiting for the elections to pass. But as soon as those elections are done, it is going to crank up pretty quick. And, and we are sending a signal as an association, as many other agricultural associations are in the family, to say we need to see a farm bill this year. Farmers are experiencing uh, really low farm income. It's the lowest in over 10 years. The trade situation is abysmal for agriculture. Things are not good in ag country. And there's one thing that we can do is, is actually provide some certainty when it comes to risk management and get the farm bill passed. And that, that one's on Congress. They need to do it. They know they need to do it. And we're, we're pushing them to get there as are a number of other people. And I think that's exactly what we need to do. Whenever a farmer talks to a candidate this fall, they need to, they need to lean on them and say, hey, we're going to have this farm bill done this year because we need it done. And all of those variables make me optimistic that we're going to see something. It may not be till late in the year, but I'm optimistic we'll see something this year. Now, you mentioned the ag families. Maybe some signs of some squabbling within that ag family. Maybe, you know, saying, no, wait a minute, is, is too much going to cotton? Do we need to look at that, where some of this is headed as far as payments? Uh, that kind of has seemingly, I said this earlier, the longer this goes, it seems like the more problems or issues we pick up rather than and put away. Well, anytime you get a family together, there's always going to be a dispute or two, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think that this is, you know, it really is unfortunate that we're, we're having these types of conversations this late in the negotiations. And I, I think from the soybean perspective, we're telling the, the four principals on the House and Senate side, get the farm bill done. Let's figure this out. We, we have two different bills here. We need to work through it. We, we need to sit down and actually think about what's going to be in the best interest for our farmers now and into the future over the course of this farm bill. And so let's settle these disagreements and move forward. And, and I think um, I believe that they can do that. I think that everybody can sit down and say, hey, what's fair? What makes sense? What can we do to provide the appropriate risk management tools and conservation tools in, in this piece of legislation that's going to be beneficial for everybody? So we've done this before. This isn't, this isn't a new negotiation. And so I think what we need to focus on is the end game and getting the bill done. So we have a big soybean crop in search of a market. One area that could really help would be if EPA steps up and gives us a bigger uh, biodiesel number in the RFS, that would create a home for some of those beans. It sure would. Boy, that would be nice to see EPA on, on all aspects of the renewable fuel to stand up and say, boy, let, let's increase these volumes. Let's provide an, an opportunity to take the oil because we are seeing record crush numbers in the United States right now. So let's take that oil, turn it into biodiesel. And, and I've heard some people describe this before, but if you look at electrical generation in the United States, we, we have a number of sources, whether that's coal or natural gas or hydroelectric or wind and solar, all of those. But when you look at our motor fuel, we're pretty limited to oil. 
that we're gonna that we're gonna take crude oil and a lot of that is imported, and we're gonna turn it into gas or diesel. We have a we have an opportunity to diversify that portfolio with renewable fuels, and I think biodiesel is a great chance for us to say our farmers are gonna produce it and our farmers are gonna use it. And that's for ethanol and biodiesel both. I think that's a great message. But when it comes to biodiesel, there's an op- opportunity to increase the, the volumetric numbers. The, the capacity is there on both sides on the production and the utilization. And we, we just need EPA to, make, to take some action and, and bump that number up. Coming back to trade, I'm reading the headline that the the president's top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, accusing China of refusing to engage on trade. That doesn't sound real optimistic about something getting done right away. So that that puts more emphasis on finding other markets. And I know uh, uh, there are many efforts underway uh, with your export council and others to try to get uh, some new homes uh, in or maybe existing markets get them a little bigger or find new markets altogether? Yeah, I, I think it, it is worth reiterating. China is the U.S.'s number one market for soybean exports, and we need to have that market back. That is critical, and we will continue to push that and push that and push that, and, and we just I can't underestimate that enough. We have to have that market back. But you are also right. Then we need to diversify. We need to look as we develop future markets. Where are we gonna Where are we gonna go next? And where is the potential when we see middle class growth? When we see markets that are gonna have animal protein consumption increases, where can we go? And, and the U.S. Soybean Export Council, the American Soybean Association, U.S. Soybean Board, all three of those national groups are focused on developing new markets internationally across the spectrum. So markets that are immature all the way up to mature markets. If, if you look at it across the, the spectrum of different types of markets, we're engaged in all of them to say, hey, how do we, how do we move this forward? And, and I know that seems like a lot, but if you go around the world, there are some opportunities. And so how do we, how do we engage in Vietnam? How do we engage in Indonesia or the Philippines or India or even Japan, which the U.S. indicated last week we're going to start trade negotiations with? That's important. But it's also important on getting into those countries and starting to develop the market access and develop the opportunity so that when we have the access, there's a preference for U.S. soybeans. And I, I think that's important, and it's what everybody's working on at the national level. And, and several states are engaged in that as well. It shows the ripple effect of this trade tension and trade war, if you want to call it that, with China. And it can lead to a lot of changes, may reshape uh, the movement of grain around the world for for years to come. We will see how this all plays out. Always good to talk with you, Ryan. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Take care. Take, you too. Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. You know, this situation with China, well, it doesn't sound like it's getting any closer to resolution and really, really hitting hard with the, uh, the soybean uh, growers because China was the number one uh, destination for U.S. soybeans. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about somebody out in the field harvesting some soybeans. Uh, Kevin Papp is president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. His harvest, like many others, has been on and off, a lot of weather delays. They're back on now. We'll get an update coming up next on AOA Adams on Agriculture.
we paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed so if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep call now for prices and information and then decide when you see how little they cost discover craftmatic for less up to 50 percent less than today's leading memory foam brand call 1-800-318-7903 that's 1-800-318-7903 1-800-318-7903 call now i'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better how do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. It's not just storing grain, it's storing quality. At FS, quality isn't just a promise, it's a statement. Our grain systems experts stay focused on what's ahead by providing state-of-the-art grain systems that protect grain quality in the bin, along with larger capacity bins that keep us moving forward. We're always looking for ways to optimize operations and ensure our customers are ready for what's next. So visit FSSystem.com and let's get you headed towards your next success. FS, bringing you what's next. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up at Movember.com and raise funds to help change the face of men's health. Do you need a car? 
been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, when he's not at a meeting somewhere or waiting for weather to cooperate, he's on a combine these days. That's Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. Kevin, back in the fields today? Yes, we are in the fields today. Soybeans, the last time we talked on the 28th, we uh, got three good days of beans in, then we had three days of rain, a day of corn, a day of rain couple days of corn, and then we had five days of rain in a row, so we went to church and asked the pastor if we could make it stop raining, and he did. It turned to snow, Uh, but Hmm. since then, we've had uh, a couple days of corn, and we're only six day of beans, so hopefully we'll finish soybeans tomorrow. Got to be careful what you ask for. You might need to be a little more specific next time. We learned our lesson. (laughs) Well, how have your yields been? Well, I think it's it's really all about three things. It's about planting dates, um, drainage in that particular field, and nitrogen management. That really seems to make the difference, uh, 100 bushels difference uh, from field to field and sometimes in that same field. And it, it's true what, uh, what Grandpa told us. You know, Kyle is the, the only hired man that will work every day, all day. Mm-hmm. So... Let's, let's, let's look at corn, first of all. Were your corn yields about where you uh, normally are, or did you lose any this year? Corn yields, uh, on average, will probably be below um, when you look at all the drowned-out spots, the places where we lack nitrogen, had some drainage issues uh, in, in my part of the state. Uh, there's places in Minnesota, quite frankly, they've got uh, the best corn crop of their lives. But southern Minnesota... Southwest Minnesota was really a too wet, too long. Mm-hmm. So what would your best corn yield be this year? Well, geez, I learned a long time ago you shouldn't talk about that on the radio because <laughs> no matter what you say, somebody's got a better yield, but more importantly, people aren't, aren't doing as well. Um, we've, had, we've had corn yields, uh, you know, certainly over 200 bushels um, mm-hmm. in spots of we had adequate nutrients and things like that. But we've also had corn yields under 100 bushels and, and actually some zeros. So uh, our corn yields, I think, in Minnesota will will not compare to last year, certainly, and, and probably won't compare to average as we as we, re- we really look at all the drowned-out areas. Yeah. So we'll go with a range. Uh, so that's, that's fair enough. So what about on the soybeans? What's your range been there? Um, 
I think corn yields are going to range from about 150 to, you know, 250 in spots. But uh, an average corn yield is going to be uh, probably below uh, APHs for crop insurance. Okay. And beans? Soybeans were, su- were surprising. The early beans we got into um, were really very good, above average, above APHs, um, but some very good beans. Then, of course, those that were uh, a little wetter, those that we couldn't get to because of, of wet areas, drowned out spots. Uh, there's going to be some soybeans, quite frankly, that will have some uh, some revenue assurance, no doubt about that. Yeah, that's the question now for those of you in areas where harvest is really dragging out. How much do you think you're losing out there uh, as you've waited to get to them? Well, we're losing a lot. We kind of quit with beans and went to corn. We couldn't find any soybeans under 14.5% moisture. Uh, we've, we've been blessed with a lot of good uh, warm weather, sunshine. You know, we've got some beans now that, that are 9.5%, and, and we're losing them in harvest loss, and as well as some uh, problems in the field as well. Any storage issues up your way? Really no storage issues yet. I guess that's the only good thing about about a crop that's average or below average. So uh, haven't heard of any issues right here. I did just hear from the the Grain Elevator Association. There are places in Minnesota where things are filling up rapidly. You know, that's a first-come, first-served type of deal. And I think there will be some complications here in the next week or two. Talking with Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. As many farmers do this time of year, they have some visitors, some riders along with them in the combine. I think I saw where you had an international visitor with you in the combine recently. Yeah, I was honored to have uh, the, the first secretary from the Cuban embassy, Miguel Fraga, um, on our farm on Saturday. Um, had that opportunity to continue to work to expand trade opportunities. You know, certainly... Uh, Cuba is one of those countries that's not the biggest com- country, but, you know, 11 million people, they import 70 to 80 percent of their food, but they're only 90 miles away. And we really want to do what we can to uh, improve our, our relations with Cuba. Yeah, I feel strongly about that as well. I know you do, and, and you certainly can see the uh, the benefits to U.S. agriculture in general, but to Minnesota in particular, if that market opens up. Absolutely. You know, and I think the important thing, whether it's Cuba or any country, uh, as we talk about trade, is we need to be consistent with our trade policies with all countries. And, and certainly would hope that the Farm Bill Amendment to use the FMD and the MAP uh, dollars in Cuba will help be a momentum builder, uh, allow them to use credit. Um, there's just a lot of things that we could do to, to help each other both out. Hey, you've been talking to Colin Peterson about where they're at on the farm bill? Continue to, to, to work with that. Well, again, we're so thankful to have the congressman as one of the, the four corners in those discussions. Um, as we've got the Senate out now, uh, we still hear from Mr. Peterson that uh, it's his commitment to get this thing done before the first of the year. He wants to get this farm bill done. We don't want to talk extensions. We want to talk about completion. Yep. So, and he's he's for that, too. He wants to get it completed, so we'll see if they can get it done yet this year. So, you think you'll get harvest done this week? Well, we'll get our soybean harvest done this week. We certainly got some corn uh, corn to go, but it looks like a good week of harvest, at least up until Thursday. You know, harvest kind of is a, a team sport, a lot of help from others. I even got to have the, 
the tire guys out on a Sunday afternoon combine, flat tire yesterday. So we really appreciate all those repair technicians, elevator employees, fertilizer, crop input folks. Uh, takes everybody to make this thing work. Yep, it's a team effort. Hey, good to talk with you as always, Kevin. Good luck getting it all done. Thanks a lot. All right, have a great day, and everybody be safe. All right, wish you well, and yes, uh, as harvest rolls on, uh, continue uh, to urge everyone to be careful. Make sure it is a, a safe harvest. All right, coming up uh, tomorrow, there's a big uh, meeting going on in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, the Export Exchange. This is held every other year with the Renewable Fuels Industry and U.S. Grains Council. We'll get a report from there and discuss a lot of other issues as well, so hope you will join us right here on AOA. Adams on agriculture. Have a great day, everyone.